I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the B-O-C Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and, of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOCNation. And welcome to Wrestling With Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. So give me a like, follow, friend request, and I will most likely give you one in return. And I'm here rolling solo for the moment, talking wrestling and problems. Uh, the biggest problem in race wrestling and in the world in general largely has been the COVID-19 issues. And we have a sad announcement to make regarding a death of a former wrestler, uh, although he was a little bit more prominent in the martial arts, mixed martial arts world, Paul Varlins has passed away from issues related to COVID. Uh, he was a big pioneer in the early days of the USC, but he also uh, wrestled in ECW. He fought Tass famously in a, uh, I'll just put Max in quotation marks, it was supposed to be a shoot fight, but According to people, it was actually, you know, book, it was booked, so it was a work. So uh, he did what uh, Bam Bam Bigelow might describe as, quote, cooperating. <laughs> uh, unrelated to that, I've just been watching ECW uh, late 97, early 98 lately. So <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow talking about cooperation and uh, fights where MMA guys quote fought wrestlers was big in my mind so the cooperation thing came in there if you're not if you don't know what I'm talking about tune into some ECW on WWE network uh 
circa late 97, early 98. You'll get what I'm talking about. Uh, triple threat, Bam Bam Bigelow's issues with uh, Shane Douglas. And I'm enjoying that era of ECW for the first time. Because I gradually worked my way through ECW's hardcore TV uh, that is on the network. Actually, fun fact, since it takes me about a week usually to watch an episode, because I watch it a few minutes here and there, you want to do part of my workout early in the morning, <laughs> it's, it'll probably end up taking me longer to watch the entire ECW Hardcore TV catalog than it took ECW to exist in its entirety for the whole time. Because I think I'm like now about roughly uh, four years in ECW, and I think I've been watching it now <laughs> For about four years But anyway uh, uh, Back To the original topic uh, Like I said There's issues with COVID in wrestling right now is Just as there is in the entire world uh, Nyla Rose uh, Has been pulled due to uh, Contract tracing And you know quarantine and whatnot. As far as I know She had not tested positive However she, she is you know quarantining And staying away from other people To make sure that she does not sprayed it in case she does indeed have it. Uh, so uh, we hope we wish her the best and hope that she's not uh, COVID positive. But in the meantime, as far as the television aspects, she won't be on this week's Dynamite. Uh, there is a report that this some changes do have to be made to the show for that reason. So we wish her the best. Uh, but going back to the Paul Varlins, I guess we'll get into a little bit of his career and some of his uh, impact on the world of wrestling since he did have that uh, that brief run in ECW back in the day. Uh, I guess we'll just sort of start off with a little bit of a introduction in, into some of the things he did. I do want to thank MMA Junkies uh, for some of the information I've got uh, regarding him and his uh, death. Uh, among other sources, but I guess I'll just go ahead and you know just dive right into that. Uh, he was uh, actually born September seventeenth, nineteen sixty nine. He passed away January sixteenth, twenty twenty one. He appeared both in UFC and ECW as I mentioned as Ultimate Fighting Championship ninety five to ninety six and Street Championship Wrestling nineteen ninety six. Attended West Valley High School in Fairbanks, Alaska, and San Jose State University. He was a football player and actually boxed there as well. He actually made his uh, UFC debut in Ultimate, Fight, Ultimate Fighting Championship number six, which was uh, titled as well uh, Clash of the Titans. His overall mixed martial arts record was nine and nine. Uh, he had nine wins, obviously nine losses. Six knockout wins, two submission wins, one decision win, uh, seven knockout losses, one submission, and one decision loss. And that's per SureDog, which handles, you know, some of the uh, MMA uh, stats. It was the ECW's Hardcore Heaven, June 22, 1996, where he was in a, quote, shoot fight uh, between himself and Taz. Like I mentioned earlier, it was promoted as a legitimate fight, but he did agree to uh, cooperate. He's also on a uh, few house shows as well, defeating Jason Helton. He also had a one-night appearance in uh, for Kingdom in Japan, 
where he, uh, which was a wrestling association there back in the 90s. Uh, he ended up lo- losing to Yoji Anjo. It was first reported uh, last month that he uh, had contracted COVID and he struggled with it for a while. Uh, he didn't. He ended up ended up uh, passing away from it, like we mentioned on January 16th. Uh, he was 51 years old. Uh, he also uh, fought on UFC six. I mean UFC seven, UFC eight. Fought for international fighting championship as well. So if you were like into the uh, UFC early on, I must admit I was I followed it a little bit early on. Uh, you know Brian Hunter, who was a co-host, he actually had a bunch of the videotapes back in the day, so I used to actually watch them with with him sometimes. Uh, back in the nineties, I was not what quote quote a hardcore fan as far as at least not as far as you know reading a lot of uh, articles and being in the internet <laughs> MMA rest. MMA community or whatnot, but I did enjoy watching it. I love the novelty to the early uh, MMA uh, fights where it was pretty much just all back then, one-night tournaments. Pretty much whoever showed up, showed up. They would fight. (laughs) They'd have a tournament, and whoever won, won. I kind of missed that aspect to the the, uh, UFC. I mean, the current thing where they have, you know, weight divisions and stuff like that, that's fine. But I, I really miss having just the sort of all comers, whoever shows up, fights, regardless of size. You know, I I I, I, I kind of miss that aspect to it as well. I wish I wish if nothing else, either UFC would bring that back for one night a year, or some other you know upstart MMA uh, promoter would at least do that. You know, just once a year have a tournament where whoever won that tournament could legitimately call themselves the baddest man in the world. <laughs> or baddest woman too, because like I said, they should, they should definitely have a women's division of that too. Because I think that's something that never actually happened. I don't, I don't remember you. UFC didn't even have women until around the Ronda Rus, Ronda Rousey era, roughly. After she had been like sort of doing it and sort of dominating it for a couple years, they uh, Dana White finally decided to bring the women in. I don't think uh, there are any prominent. Uh, Super prominent, like like UFC style tournaments back in the day for women. Uh, that's not to say that they didn't have women in mixed martial art fighters. It's just, uh, and then the, it's not that they didn't even have a prominent division, prominent Ronda Rousey. Just UFC didn't have it. But I don't think the UFC style tournament were just you know the old school where the the men just showed up regardless of the side, regardless of the style. You have a sumo wrestler fighting a little person or whatever other ridiculous. This might happen. You might have a 170-pound guy fighting a 400-pound guy. I don't think they had that version of it with the women as far as I know. Uh, If you beg to differ, you have some proof otherwise, please send me a link. You can send it to at VLC Nation on Twitter or send it to at King David Lane on Twitter. I would love to, you know, like I said, I always love learning things because that's very, very important. Knowledge is very important. Always stay learning. I am a very knowledgeable person, but I'll be the first to admit as well. I don't know everything. I know a lot of things. I don't know everything. And the other beautiful part about when you learn a lot of stuff, you also tend to forget a lot of stuff too. All kinds of stuff that I, you know, I've been watching wrestling now for, let's see, it's been what, 35 years now? Somewhere in that neighborhood. Even stuff from like the the 
my childhood that I watched that I had to have watched. I don't remember sometimes. I do have you know a certain knowledge of other stuff, but there's a lot of stuff I've forgotten. Sometimes I'll look back on you know gimmicks and stuff that I've forgotten about. I was like, I don't remember that at all. I know I was watching wrestling, and I don't remember that. Although a lot of that stuff forgotten for good reason. <laughs> like I don't remember a keen African dream from the first time around, and I'm certainly glad that I forgot that. <laughs> But at any rate, uh, a little bit more information about uh, Paul. He was 6'8", 300 pounds. He was nicknamed a polar bear. <clears throat> uh, he was a fan favorite. Uh, he had been put in a medically induced coma at Emory University Hospital in Atlanta. <clears throat> and a few days after this, the family's final update to his condition, UFC co-founder and Hall of Famer Art Davey announced he was on a respirator in a coma. There had been hope, but he did take a turn from worse. He was 70% breathing on his own at one point, but eventually it just sort of overwhelmed him, according to uh, J.E. Snowen of the official MMA Encyclopedia. Otherwise, just like a sort of a a rough thing, like I said, we've, you know, luckily, or, you know, and when I say luckily, I'm putting that in quotation marks because there's really nothing lucky about the whole COVID situation. But luckily, uh, wrestling has not been affected by that many deaths. Baseball seems to be kind of hard hit, particularly among their Hall of Famers, having a lot of people die from it. Uh, COVID's mostly just been like sort of situations where most people who've sort of gotten it or been exposed to it haven't had the most serious conditions, at least not as far as hospitalization. As we mentioned last week, uh, one of the young bucks had it and actually lost a sense of taste, and he felt tired and wore down. But as far as we know, he was not hospitalized. Uh, Jericho had it for a while. As far as I know, he was not uh, hospitalized. But he mentioned it did, you know, definitely make him feel different. Um mentioned earlier in this episode Nyla Rose's uh, exposure to it, but hopefully she's not tested positive as last I checked, so hopefully that will continue. Uh, there's been like, you know, others in wrestling. Uh, Michelle McCool uh, indicated that she tested positive for it, but nobody else in the house, and, and obviously as you know, as if you're a wrestling fan, you probably know that The Undertaker is a husband. He, as well as their daughter, have not tested positive for it as of, you know, Last I checked, which was last time I checked, that was probably yesterday or the day before. I, I'm pretty sure if Undertaker had tested positive or his daughter had tested positive, it would be pretty big in the news. So I don't think that has happened. But again, uh, this is a one-man outfit, so I try not to Google too much when I'm doing the show. I tr- I try to stay on topic unless it's something I actually, absolutely positively need to know in the moment. But. Uh, yeah, it's a rough time. So uh, our thoughts go out to his family and to his friends and anybody that, you know, was close in his life. Uh, and like I say, may he rest in peace. Gonna, There's no real good way to transition from, you know, a death of a beloved figure within MMA and within uh, wrestling, so... I'm not even going to really try to <laughs> transition properly because there's no way to really do it, but I'll do the best I can. Uh, I want to you know, take a little bit of 
of a more lighthearted, lighthearted story. Although you know, this could be serious business. This could be like a something long term that actually is goes a little bit more serious. Uh, but Blue Demon Jr., former uh, NWA World Heavyweight Champion, uh, big time luchador in Mexico. He's actually running for the mayor in a Mexico City uh, locale. Not the actual Mexico City proper, but uh, Mexico City is is being referred to as a municipality. Uh, Gustavo A. Madero. Uh, His party is called uh, Redes Socialist Progresistas, which would translate in English to Progressive Social Network. He's trying to become the mayor. He's indicated he wanted to focus on matters like education, security, economics. Uh, for those of you that just sort of casually follow uh, Mexican wrestling, the luchadors, uh, he is a mass wrestler. Mass wrestlers do not uh, display their face publicly. Uh, technically, if he did win, he would have to display his face to the members of the council and other certain government officials, but since that would not technically be uh, public, it would, you know, cover him as far as that goes. It is forbidden in Lucha Libre culture to reveal one's real name and face the public under any circumstance. Honoring his heritage, Blue Demon Jr. hopes to run for mayor without taking off his mask revealing his identity. He explained that he would only have to identify himself in front of authorities and not to the public. Uh, and I, also, by the way, I want to thank S.T. Scoop for some information. This is on Anwisha Nag, uh, who provided the information for this particular article. Uh, he's apparently not the first mass wrestler to run for office, though. Apparently, uh, I was not aware that great Sasuke in Japan had became the first mass wrestler to serve in politics. Uh, he was actually a legislator in his local assembly uh, back in the day. Uh, he did actually display his real name. His real name is Masanori Murakawa. So, uh, so he actually, I, I'm not sure if he ran under the great Sasuke or if he ran under his real name. I could look that up right now and find out, but I actually prefer not knowing. This is a rare case where I'm choosing ignorance just because it's fun to think that he just ran under the great Sasuke. So, I'm not usually a big fan of uh, willful ignorance, but this is the one rare case where I will make the exception. <laughs> where <laughs> Willful ignorance is kind of fun in this case. Uh, Blue Demon Jr., by the way, is the adopted son of a legendary luchador, luchador, Blue Demon. He's the first Mexican and the only the second mass wrestler to be the NWA champion. So, And he does still wrestle to some degree. He, he, had, he had his bigger runs uh, with uh, Lucha Libre Triple A Worldwide from 96-2001. And he returned there in 2013. Still, He still actually wrestles on occasion, so... Uh, Actually, that would be interesting to have the mayor. I actually would like to see him win and be the mayor and, and at some point wrestle Kane or uh, hey, who's the other mayor? Matt something other? Matt Morgan. Yeah, Matt Morgan is the other mayor. Actually, three-way dance. Mayor fight. Although Kane, I think, is still under contract to WWE. Matt Morgan, I don't think, is under contract anywhere at the moment, so I'm not sure how logistically you could make this work. 
But, you know, you got, you got Leslie's Federation of Wrestling working together. You know, WWE needs to get on the action. Have a mirror fight. <clears throat> anyway, uh, best of luck to him. Does seem like he wants to work on some nice issues, although, you know, in politics in general, most people seem like they want to campaign on nice issues. It's not like somebody says, I'm going to burn the city down. I'm going to kill everybody. I want the poor to stay poor. I want the rich to get richer. Nobody campaigns on that. So you never know what people want. I'm not, I'm not trying to say he would do that. I'm just saying in general, nobody campaigns on a bad platform. Everybody wants to help people. And that's why they get into politics. Theoretically. And as far as campaign campaign practices work though. Anyway, moving on to other topics in the world of wrestling. Impact had their Hard to Kill pay-per-view, which I have not watched yet, so I won't discuss in detail. However, I did want to talk about uh, one part in particular uh, that one of the participants was not happy about. Uh, and it's, also, it's always kind of weird, you know, when there's so many, quote, pay-per-view events happening with so much so much of the world of wrestling being pre-taped now as opposed to traditionally you think at least pay-per-views are normally live but uh apparently you know they 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 did do a taping for at least for his match Ethan Page fought Karate Man who was also technically one of his alter egos even though they quote don't really acknowledge it well he doesn't acknowledge it on TV pretty much everybody it's kind of a wink wink nudge nudge sort of situation if you watch them back but he doesn't acknowledge it but pretty much everybody else is willing to point it out anyway he created it on YouTube and eventually it did come on television he left the company before the pay-per-view and they aired the match after he left he wanted to be a sort of cinematic style match of wrestling sort of like the final deletion whereas uh they went for a more Mortal Kombat inspired video, and he was not happy about it. <laughs> These are quotes from him. But man, last night sucked. I'm so embarrassed with how Impact lazily edited to save me last night and forced it to be a joke. I felt the thought of the same guys fighting each other was comedy enough, and the more serious we took it, the better the reaction would be. But because I left the company lights to my face and just did what they wanted the whole time. I'm sorry if any of my fans paid for the pay-per-view and felt cheated. I used to feel the free version I gave away was made with more love, care, and attention to detail. Uh, the actual presentation from Impact had Ethan Page appear in front of a green screen and cut cheesy lines. While the spectacle had humorous moments, Page was absolutely livid that he didn't even get to look at the footage before it aired. So I'm looking at one just one screen cap from it right now. I was hoping to like sort of watch it before I came on air. Unfortunately, you know, I do have a day job <laughs> and I have roughly an hour between my day job ending to sort of get home, uh, set up for the show, at least try to be somewhat professional. <laughs> so I didn't have a chance to watch the video yet. Uh, but just looking at the screen, this screen cap, it, it looks, it definitely kind of looked like, the best technology you could have took from Mortal Kombat, the original version from back from the back from the nineties. And maybe the CGI you probably could have did ten years ago with it. But it likes to obviously that's a screen cap. I have not watched the full video yet. So maybe it looks better in person, but I'm doubting it. But it definitely looks like this this one video they're showing, he's wearing a t shirt and jeans fighting him his karate man gimmick and there's some sort of green lightning ball or flash as they try to punch each other. <laughs> so I do not have high hopes for this, but I will, I would at least give it a chance. I have not watched it yet. I'll give it a chance and I will report back later. In, 
uh, on next week's show about my findings. At any rate, Ethan Page, is, Ethan Page is a free agent, so uh, doesn't look like he'll be signing back with Impact. <laughs> and since Impact works at AEW now, it doesn't seem like he might want to go there either. <laughs> the writer for SC Scoops expects he'll be in NXT soon, but you know we'll see how that goes. That's Jake Jeremy who reported he thinks he'll be in NXT. So anyway, let's move on to some other thoughts in the world of wrestling. We got the uh, big time WrestleMania announcements have been uh, made over the last uh, few days. Uh, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony got postponed last year. They moved WrestleMania from uh, the Raymond J Stadium to eventually they moved it to, uh, to the Performance Center. They didn't have the 2020 Hall of Fame ceremony at all. So WWE did make some announcements regarding the next three WrestleManias. Uh, this year's is actually going to take place over two nights at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. Uh, WrestleMania is going to be in Dallas next year. It's going to be in LA uh, 2023. There will be, you know, uh, more announcements and more details coming further. But, uh, they also haven't announced what's going to go on with the 2021 Hall of Fame induction. It's possible that they might just induct the 2020 class this year and do it virtually. Regardless, the plan is for the Hall of Fame induction class to be held virtually regardless, but it still hasn't been announced whether or not they're just going to induct last year's class or they're going to do a new class and, or maybe just do both virtually. But just to remind you from last year, Batista, NWO, uh, Hogan, Nash, Hall, X-Pac, or I think was he was, they put Sean, Sean Waltman, but I guess uh, he was, in, no, he was, he was, he was, he was six in, uh, when he was in NWO, so later he became, you know, X-Pac, <laughs> but he was, uh, when he, was, when he went back to WWE, he's going by a variety of names. But anyway, the Bella Twins, Bria Nikki, JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield, and Jushantan Wire were parts of last year's class that didn't get a proper induction. So, if nothing else, maybe they'll just do sort of back-to-back, you know, classes this year. Because uh, I, I do want everybody, if they do do multiple classes this year, I want to make sure both uh, sets do get their proper due. And with the network. If they don't want to air it on broadcast TV, there's always ways for WWE to do it. Besides, WWE will want that extra content. Actually, this would be another thing where you could probably use the Thunderdome for it anyway, I guess. Now that I think about it, if you really, quote, want to get fans there, if you can't, it's probably not the best idea to have fans in a, you know, indoor arena. I think, uh, Raymond James Stadium might be a little bit too big to try to pull out the sort of Thunderdome thing, you know, as far as trying to put the screens there and whatnot. But you never know; they might they might come up with some good idea between now and then. But at any rate, uh, overall, it's just sort of interesting. We're gonna go ahead and take a commercial break uh, really fast, but you are listening to Wrestling with Problems, and we'll be back. In just a bit, so don't touch the imaginary dial because it's not real. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, this is a Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the... Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling with History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. And welcome back to Wrestling with Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. So give me a like, follow my friend request, I'll give you a return. And also like 
and follow King David Comedy. That's coming with the K on most major social media platforms as well. You know, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, you know, the main ones. So definitely check me out there as well. I got to get some seamless self-promotion out of the way before I uh, bring in our second man in the booth this week. He's offering the third man or second man in the booth, but we're going to bring him in just a second. But I got to get some seamless self-promotion out of the way first. Uh, don't forget to uh, hit that like and subscribe buttons on uh, our various videos. Uh, VOC Nation does have a YouTube channel, so please uh, subscribe to that. Uh, we're starting to produce more comp- content on that. We kind of took a break from that a little bit, but uh, Bill After is now part of the uh, VOC Nation family, so he's going to be producing a lot of content for that as well. I think Bruce is going to be getting back into it as well. And I literally had forgot we had the channel, so I realized I didn't even know we had the channel, but I realized I must have known at some point because I've actually posted videos to it, although they were six or seven years ago, <laughs> but still. We're excited to have Bill up at the part of the family. He's definitely going to get that growing and humming for us. So definitely like that. Uh, please like, subscribe, and review the show on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you uh, consume your podcast content. Because even though we are a live radio show, we do this every Monday, 5 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Eastern. Uh, it's 3 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Mountain. We do it live, so you can call in if you call in uh Nine one four three three eight one eight eight five. Again, that's nine one four three three eight eight five. You can call in and uh, check us out. But if you're listening to it like most people do on podcasts, on a cell phone, or while you do your jogging, whatnot, please uh, subscribe to VOC Nation's channel on Stitcher uh, and uh, so get your latest updates there. And like I said, please leave us a five star review because that really helps us out. That helps us get exposed to more people, helps us raise more money, and it helps us, you know, keep the lights on because we've been doing this for a while. And uh, Bruce subsidized it very, very heavily in, in previous carnations. So hopefully we're getting that straightened out now, but we don't want him to have to go that, go and do that again. So definitely check it us out there. And uh, like I said, if you want to help the show out, Wrestling Problems shirt is available on uh, Pro Wrestling Tee. So definitely get your shirt. Uh, if you want the link for that shirt, you can, all you have to do is just go to my Twitter account at King David Lane. It is pinned to the top of the profile. So if you want your wrestling with problems shirt, you can see me, you can see my dog grumpy in the picture as well. Uh, but go to the top of my, uh, Twitter feed and you can see it. That's pro slash wrestling with problems is the link. There's some dashes in there, but it's much easier if you just go directly to my, uh, King David Lane, uh, profile on Twitter and just click the link. Very, very easy. It'll take you right to it. So get your shirt. Help us out. And again, leave a five-star uh, review for us. and helps us out. Anyway, now we're going to go ahead and uh, actually get back to some of the wrestling slash problems content that you really, really enjoy. I'm going to bring to the show my co-host, the Brock, at Brock Hunter. That's at Brock Biz on Twitter, at B-R-O-C-K-B-Z-A on Twitter. Brian, how's it going? And Brian has dropped off the show just that quick. <laughs> That's perfect. He was literally on hold for 20 minutes, and then he dropped off right when I went to him. So that's perfect. <laughs> that's 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 pretty much the 20 uh, the 20s decade in a nutshell. You get excited for stuff, and then it goes away. So uh, if he's not back in the next couple seconds, I'm just gonna go ahead and end the show. <laughs> Because I've talked about everything I want to talk about, so he's got a couple of seconds to check in. But if he's not here in a couple of seconds, I was gonna hang up. I was gonna hang up and end it. But no, no, he's here. He's there. So I'm bringing him back to the show once again. Brian Hunter at Brockbiz on Twitter. 
How's it going, Brian? Uh, sorry about the difficulty, King. Um, how's it going? Wrestling with Problem Nation and Happy MLK Day. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, definitely have a Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, that's uh, like I said, we try not to get to politics too much unless we do our Too Many Black Guys segment, which I don't have scheduled for this week. But uh, this is definitely a time we definitely could take a lot of lessons from from what he did living in this particular time in the world. So uh, in this particular time in the country too. So but anyway. We're going to stick to wrestling, so we're going to move on. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about some of the things you wanted to talk about. So you did send me some messages about things you wanted to talk about. So I guess I'll start off with uh, Cesaro, because he's definitely been an underutilized talent, and this has been talked about for a while, but uh, every now and again, it's nice to bring it back. What do you think they should do with Cesaro that they haven't been doing? Okay. Um, actually, have him win the Royal Rumble, and he actually deserves a main event spot. Um, and he and he actually deserves to win the title because out of all the people who you would not have seen to win the W uh, any WWE title in the past ten years, Jinder Mahal was number one. <laughs> who I did not see getting the title within the last um, 10 years. Now, I could think of three others, but that, that's what's the point, though. But um, Cesaro will, will be in that top 10 list of people I would have never seen in the WWE ever winning any type of world title. Him, along with um, Shinsuke Nakamura, which I – um, we can probably get on him on another time, though, but plain, plain and simple, okay, his boy Shinsuke got robbed. Okay, so um, okay, so what um, So what you do is, okay, we, we already know that Kevin Owens still is not going to win the title, but Kevin, okay, Kevin Owens get injured um, or taken out by um, by Jimmy and Jake Russo. So um and appears have to uh okay have to have a suitable uh, replacement and everything. So uh, what, okay, so how you gonna set it up is okay, he wins the Royal Rumble and then he faced Roman Reigns the same night. He runs the gauntlet, he beats Roman Reigns, he wins the title, he, he finally get the he finally get the big uh, push that he never had or they never continue to um to give to me. Wait, 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 wait. Let me let me make sure I'm hearing this properly. You're saying he should win the World Rumble and win the title the same night? Yes. Yeah, now, but how would how would, okay, they, how, how how would they make that work? Because you don't normally when you win the World Rumble, you don't get your title shot the same night. So how how do they make that make now, sense? Now, I'm I'm saying okay, this, okay, this, this is what I'm saying. Now. Okay, you you go okay uh okay now uh. Jimmy and Jay Uso takes out Kevin Owens before the big um, title match. Adam Pierce says that um, um, okay, that Kevin Owens is not um, okay, isn't um, able to compete. So um, okay, Shinsuke says that okay, I got robbed. Um, okay, I okay, I need to go. Okay, I need uh, okay, I should be in that for the title shot. I got screwed. 
Okay, Cesaro stands up and says, no, but I won the Royal Rumble. I want to face him tonight. Forget WrestleMania. I want it now. I want my title now. Now, okay. Usually, now usually, um, uh, that uh, okay, that okay, that'll be um, kind of messed up and everything. Now, to play into WrestleMania and everything, okay. Now Shinsuke feel that his uh, that, that his um, best friend screwed him over and everything, and I gave him the title shot. He figured, hey, I okay, I got screwed. I was supposed to um, get this and everything, so. So what winds up happening is, uh, okay, shit, okay, um, Shinsuke, uh, oh, okay, um, still trying to uh, play the good friend. But then what winds up um, happening is that uh, Paul Heyman gets into Shinsuke's ear saying that, hey, although what we did to you, um, okay, probably, probably wasn't right, but it was business. Now, but what he did to you was personal because this is a free who did this. What we did to you was biff. And then he gets in his ear the same way he got into Apollo Cruz's ear. So then what winds up happening is, okay, it okay, it turns okay, it turns into um a three way at WrestleMania, Roman Reigns versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus Cesaro for the title. Now, of course, um, Cesaro still wins it, but he pins uh, Shinsuke. Okay. Okay, I got you. I don't and, see uh, and, and, and you, you can play you play out the rest of it uh, any way you want. Like, uh, okay, a, uh, okay, a rematch and. Uh, Okay, and then um, Shinsuke takes the pin again, and then Roman Reigns um, wins back the um, title and everything. Or, um, or, um, or um, Reigns um, takes the pin, takes the pinball, <coughs> the pinball, and uh, Shinsuke wins the title. But for some reason, I don't believe that Vince would um, ever give Shinsuke um, the world title at, at any point. I think best case scenario, he'll be a tag champion, he'll be a U.S. champ, he'll be an IC champ, but he, he'll never be a world champ because he got the whole language barrier thing that that's uh, playing against him. And Oscar is is um is barely getting by, and I'm gonna see that she gonna drop the title to um uh, to either um Charlotte or Bianca Belair. Yeah, I would say Oscar if if. if for the people that, that matters to, and I think Vince is one of those people, Oscar's much better on the mic as far as relating to the American fan than Shisuke Nakamura is. Shisuke, I like his character, and I think it's good enough, although I don't, I probably don't speak for, quote, the casual mainstream fan that's not the more hardcore fan that we are. So the language barrier is not a problem for me at all, because you know, he communicates a little bit in English. He doesn't do he doesn't do he doesn't quite long promos. Oscar on the other hand, while she does do some longer promos and stuff, she just, you know, has a sort of force for her will. She'll like cut the promo, it'll be partly in English, it'll be partly in Japanese, but it's just so crazy and it just it just works for her. Nakamura doesn't have that right. same sort of vibe when he cuts his promo. So Oscar's able to get away with it a lot better than he is as far as, you know, sort of making up for it, 
even though English is not either of their first language. But Oscar is working for her. She's able to pull it off. And she just said some of the most hilarious sh- shit sometimes. Hey. By the way. Like like I say, she when, she when she was like she was like the sexy muscle sexy muscle friends. I was like I, I assume she came up with that for that that name for that tag team for uh, Mandy Rose and uh, Dana Brooke. The sexy muscle friends. That was one of the funniest things I've heard in wrestling. That's up there with some of the. Actually, that was actually 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 the sexy muscle friends. Was funny. I almost I, I I'm not gonna lie. I did forget about that, but I do remember when I heard it. I was laughing my butt off. That that was funny. Yeah, I was like, like, I said, like I said, in comedy, there's like you know different degrees of quote funny. There's uh, I think it was Seinfeld who came up with this, but you know it, it, it's a very good judge of you know comedy. Like there's making your friends laugh. That's one degree of funny. It's making strangers laugh. That's another degree of funny. But even better than that is making people talk like you. People repeat your jokes and repeat your slang and stuff like that. That's how you know you're really true to made it. And like I said, I just couldn't stop repeating that the, the first night I heard it. <laughs> Sexy muscle friends. <laughs> so so that, that shows you the force of her will, the force of her personality and whatnot. So uh, I just, like I said, I wouldn't mind Cesaro getting a, one of the major title runs. I just don't see it happening now. And they've sort of Ruined his character to the degree where he couldn't be above a upper mid card guy right now just because of the way they handle it. If they wanted to give him the world title, that's like a project where they need to start now and maybe build towards it next year. Next year's Royal Rumble, next year's WrestleMania. Okay. I don't think they could credibly no, build him no. up with what they've done with him so no. far. Give him the title, you know, it's by WrestleMania. Nah, so so go so go ahead um do that then. I I I want to hear this. They, I, they, I made my case. They could they could do some of the stuff that you mentioned. I just think they need to build him build him up with more wins because they haven't had him winning enough over the last you know really the last couple years. Okay, he, like um, I said, he's he's, so, he's, a, he's so, a credible tag team wrestler now with pretty much whoever yeah. you put him with to to be a threat. Right. But he's not a legitimate. He's not a legitimate contender for the world title right now, and it takes a while to build somebody up to that. So you're not going to be able to do that in three months. It's six months okay. minimum. Okay. You have to so have him sort of dominate the mid card for a while, then maybe win a couple main event matches, and then you move him up. If if you want them to have a real legitimate credibility long term, so that's how you do it. Like I said, they could do all all the stuff you mentioned is some good stuff. But I just don't think it works credibly for this WrestleMania with how they treated it in the last now, few years. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying for for WrestleMania. I'm saying just no. I'm talking, um, I'm talking about okay. now. Like I said, because your original idea was were Rumble. I was like, they can't do it. Well, I'm not saying. Let me tell you, it's not that they can't. It doesn't make sense as far as how they build this character up. It would be like hot. It makes sense sometimes to hot shot a guy to the top if he's a, if he's a a new, fresh, young guy that you think has, like, this great picture, somebody like a Brock Lesnar, somebody like a Randy Orton, okay, those guys, you could think, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm hot, they're cutting the line a little bit, but it works for them, because you figure they're going to have a long-term future over the next 10 to 15 years. Cesaro's not the guy that's going to have the, quote, long-term future for 10 to 15 years. He's not a young guy by any stretch. So, if, if you want to build him up right, you can't just sort of hot shot him out of nowhere to the top. I don't think it would work. And I don't think the the fans would give him the credibility that he would have without doing sort of more of a long-term build and letting him build up to it. 
Okay. I I get I guess um I guess my question is okay. Just building him up to get and win the world title. How do you do it? Like I said, you you can literally do the same thing that you mentioned, but uh but I want to okay, have him who, who have a nice you? No, I want to have I want him to have a nice consistent winning streak at minimum four months, but probably closer to six. So if they want to do that, have them start off around SummerSlam next SummerSlam this year, building up to the sort of thing you said, but do, do the same stuff that you said, but build it up. To, if they want to build it up to Royal Rumble, n- next year's Royal Rumble. Start building them up around after SummerSlam. Have them getting, you know, first have them getting, you know, mid-card wins. Then after about two months, have them getting, you know, wins over other main event guys or guys that have been in main event very, very recently. And I'm talking, and I'm not not talking about cheap wins. I'm talking about clean wins where you're like, okay, I'm impressed by what he did. Have him beat a Kevin Owens clean. Have him beat, you know, some, have him beat even, if you want to have him face Roman Reigns, have him beat Jey Uso (coughs) clean without, you know, even if he has to overcome great odds to do it, have him beat those guys. Have him beat, you know, uh, Sheamus. Have him beat, you know, guys that have been world. Have him beat Daniel Bryan. <coughs> have him beat former champions that help his credibility. And okay. Ben, how many, have him, how many, how many former world champions uh, will, will he have to be for? Um, okay, for. Um, Enough people to say, okay, he's at least credible enough in his clean wins that he deserves to be next in line. I would say three would probably be great, but at least two. Like I said, if you if you could have him beat like a Daniel Bryant and have him beat like like yeah. like like a Right, who else? Have him beat. Have I would say have him beat Kevin Owens first, and then have him beat Daniel Bryan second. Those and I'm and when I say beat, I don't just mean on Raw or SmackDown. I have me. I mean have him beat him on a major major pay per view. That we, we that looking at the pay per view, we're like, okay, these guys are fighting to sort of be the next guy in line. And you have him beat those guys. That then he moves up. You know, you sort of move up in rank in in the quote rankings that WWE that does not have because they're not AEW. But if you have him beat two former world champions. At least, preferably three, but at least two. You could say okay, because because you started off like I said, you start you have them beat some mid cards, build up a nice long streak, then have them beat a couple of former world champions, two to three world former world champions on his way to the Royal Rumble. Then you you could do everything that you said for this year's Royal Rumble, just do it at the next one. Okay, um, if, if if I'm doing if I'm doing Shinsuke. It, um, okay, it's only um, okay. It's two ways uh, that I can see it going. Okay, now I like your way. Now I okay myself. I'm seeing Shinsuke where um, at least have to be um, Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, and I and I can easily see, see him um, being um, Daniel Bryan or okay, hold it, okay. Okay, now they they on smack. Okay, should be on SmackDown, right? So it, it it's gonna have to be, it's gonna have to um, definitely be. Uh, let me see. Yeah. Okay. AJ will be the uh, AJ and Daniel Bryan will be um, the first two. But here's the twist, though. Okay. 
okay, if okay, if he actually if he actually um he is Roman Reigns in a with a, a three um in a um three uh, uh a six man tag team match or a tag team match. And Cesaro would just get um the pin that's um a nice clean pin off of um, Roman Reigns. Okay, now now at, all eyes are on him, and then, and then that that's leading to um we okay we say that's leading to uh let's go with the Real Rumble. Shinsuke um takes the Real Rumble for the second time, and he now he's the number one um contender. No doubt, WrestleMania right there. And then he, and then he just um, mowing through people um, left and right, and then he finally gets um, the victory that um, he been waiting for for pretty much all his wrestling career. WrestleMania, it, it, um, it, it, he um, takes the pin um, against Roman Reigns after he laid out Jimmy and Jay Uso, and he laid out Paul Heyman. Okay, like I said, if you if you, if you do it that way, you can make it work. Like I said, same thing. though. I don't think it worked this year, but for next year, it could work if if they build it up properly. So, right. And That's like I said, like I said, I just, and I just want to be clear. I'm a I'm a huge fan of Shinsuke Nakamura. I, like I said, I thought when he first came in at WWE, they did a good job with his character. I just felt like in the last few years they have not done a good job with his character. So I think if they same thing, if some not. This problem isn't quite as long-term because he hasn't been in WWE quite as long as Cesaro's been without, you know, sort of getting the top belt. But it's the same problem. You know, it's like, okay, they started him off well, but they haven't continued his momentum. And when you, if you're in a company long enough where you're mid-card and you never reach above the mid-card, it's sort of hard to take you seriously as a champion unless you have that strong build-up. So I think he's having a little bit of the same issue, although his trajectory is quite, not quite the same just because Cesaro's been there longer. Anyway, we're going to move on to the last two topics of the evening because we got to uh, discuss those things. Um, you wanted to talk about the AEW impact working relationship, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw the floor to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Are you still enjoying it, or is, has it taken a step back for you? How are you nah, doing it? Um, actually, it's kind of like um, a two-edged sword. I am enjoying um, – the working relationship that they have and everything, but my only thing is that some of the um, talent, as far as impact, is going to um, okay is um some is somewhat lacking and everything because it's just like just like this. So okay, AW is a stronger brand. Impact um, for pretty much what the last ten years been up and down on life support. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, probably closer to twenty if you think about it. But yeah, <laughs> true. It um, it, it it's not a whole okay. Now, what I mean by life support is one. It seems like every couple years <clears throat> we don't know what um uh, what or if they're gonna have a new television deal or if they're gonna have one at all. I cannot tell you how many TV deals that they had within the last ten years. I. I it, it been those many. I know at least it's fair to say at least been four. Let's see. I'm going. Because there's Spike. There's Destination America. 
there's Access TV and there's Pop. So I would say, yeah, four. Okay. Now, that's a lot for most wrestling companies. Um, okay. Even in the days of uh, WCW, they had one. WWE um, for for years was strictly USA. Then they branched off to um, Spike for a little bit. Then they did um, that. Okay, then, then um, it's pretty much what um, back to USA went to Fox. Okay, not too bad. But my whole point is though that um, it, it, um, Impact is pretty much like trying to do something to keep them relevant and everything, and that's what I do like about it and everything. I do believe Kenny Omega is going to be a double champion. And I think uh, I, I think for Impact, that that may, that may work for uh, your your top-tier talent and everything, but not, not as far as your up-and-coming talent. Now, my, my question to you is, okay, do you believe that the up-and-coming talent will benefit from uh, this working relationship? AEW's upcoming talent impacts uh, up-and-coming talent or both? Both. Like we just, I just, I don't, I don't remember if you were on the show last week because I did discuss this last week a little bit, but. Uh, I think everybody benefits from this relationship. I felt initially when I first saw that it was happening, I felt Impact benefited way more than AEW did just because AEW has such higher exposure and higher ratings. Uh, AEW's ratings some weeks might be might have been 8 to 10 times as high as Impact's in the initial ratings, and who knows how much more if you look at the you know plus 3s or the plus 7 ratings. But one of the I actually was in an AEW Nation Facebook group, and one of the fans by the who goes by the name of Shaddy Shadrack, I can't remember his last name off the top of my head, but those those are the first two names he goes by. He mentioned that he lives in South Africa, and and in South Africa, and you know that applies to other countries as well. But we forget that Impact Wrestling has a huge reason like other countries that AEW doesn't have. AEW is almost exclusive to America. Impact Wrestling has huge deals in India. The AEW basically has almost no presence in South Africa. Impact Wrestling used to outdraw like Raw in Europe. I don't know if that's still the case, but that just shows you how big their impact was in international markets. So AEW is getting all this rub with the international relationship, while Impact's getting the rub with the you know the domestic market. So AEW stars are being exposed internationally. Now, obviously, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, you know, Chris Jericho—they're all huge international stars already due to their, you know their other relationships with like New Japan and some of the other companies they work for. But a Darby Allen, Darby Allen's a star within within AEW. But do people across the world know Darby Allen? Probably not. Probably not. If, if he show, if he shows up there in Impact Wrestling, he, that's definitely a huge benefit to him. Sammy Guevara, another young cat, same thing. AEW fans know him, but does he is he known internationally? Probably not. Probably maybe so, in Mexico. 
Amazing. Yeah. But like I said, so the young stars of uh, of AEW get a huge international bump slash rub from this relationship with Impact. Whereas on the other hand, same thing applies. Uh, the young stars on Impact might have you know a decent presence internationally, but when there's only a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand people watching your product on a weekly basis, the Impact Wrestling fans know who you are, but you have almost no chance for any sort of crossover appeal in America if you're only being seen by that many people. You might be the most talented person in the world. Wrestling fans in general might know who you are, but if you want to sort of create your opportunities outside of wrestling, because most wrestlers I think now are actually looking towards that. It used to be, I think, wrestlers were just focused on wrestling, and then, you know, they would wrestle for 20 years, maybe 25 years if they were lucky. And then maybe they, you know, it, at least at the top levels, they might wrestle the indies a little bit on the weekends or something after they sort of get past their primes. But a lot more, they're going to try to do the reality shows. They're going to try to go to Hollywood. They're going to try to, you know, uh, find these other ways to make revenue. And those other opportunities within America will definitely be enhanced if they get more national exposure, the AEW, being on the TNT network as opposed to just access television uh, will help them out. So, this is a relationship that is way more mutually beneficial both to the management and the companies and also talent as well than I initially thought. So, yes, I think this will help both sets of talents, whether it be the, uh, especially the young cats as well, because they don't have the long-term, you know, building equity that some of these long-term stars might have. If you've been a star for years, even if you're an impact now, with the Lord's first, people still know who you are. People know who the good brothers are. So even though they're being seen a little bit less prior to the AEW relationship, people still know who they are. So if they, if they were to come back on WWE TV, they would go back to New Japan, people know who they are. Whereas some of the younger roster members, that's not the case for them. So that's my thought on it. Do, do you have any more thoughts on it, or do you want, do, want, did you want to move on to the last topic? Uh, we can move on to the last topic. Okay. Last but not least, like I said, we're both fans of MLW, so I know you had some MLW thoughts that you wanted to put out there, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, leave the floor to you on that. What are your thoughts? What did you, what did you want to discuss in particular? Uh, I, I, um, I'll be honest. I, I was surprised that the, um, about the um, Von Erich in the tag team title run. I, I like I the um, Von Erich. And I think they um, eventually is going to um, be uh, one of the tag teams that, that people going to say is, um, you know what, they they part, okay, they'll probably be in the discussion for um, one of the best tag teams uh, um, of, of the um, era. I don't know about all the time, but I could see how um, at least MLW is running them and everything that they that they're gonna be like um one of the um better tag teams of the decade. And I actually like how, um how they actually use um um some from the um other um talent as well, especially Team Filthy. I I love the theme music. I'm not gonna lie to you. I I, I love the theme music. <laughs> the fact that he's a big tough MMA guy and he's wrestling in, in Daisy Dukes. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's the in jeans in jeans dukes, yeah. It's like, what the hell? And not just that. On top of it, though, he's combined the Daisy Duke look 
with his weird ears and whatnot. So that makes it even <laughs> more hilarious. Yeah, you got the cauliflower I, 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 ears I and Daisy Dukes. So, that, that's a look that you didn't expect to come together. Nah, but he he's one of the few that can pull it off, and 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 I, I was surprised. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know what? Only Tom Lawler could do this. But I actually liked how they got um, actually team filthy. To me, I think they better than Contra. Actually, I think they actually better put together though. It's like Contra. They got um, what one two. They actually got uh, only three. Uh, okay, I won't say they got five people, but you can only point to um, what Gotch, uh, okay, the world champion, uh, which, uh, which is on um, Jacob Five Two, and they got what from uh, um, the, um, the Black Hand of um, of Contra. So, oh, okay, so who, who else are you getting in Contra though? Versus, you put them against on uh, what team filthy? I think they, they 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 can pretty much go what they got. Like I said, I I think with with the contra versus MLW feud, you can kind of you you can kind of find somebody else in the roster. Whether you want to put some members of Injustice in there, or there are a lot of different options of what you could do. So I don't think that would be the issue. I don't. I, I wouldn't say there's necessarily any, any one star that I would want to put in there. But like I said, you could you could probably put a low key in there if you just if you just need somebody to put in there, since he's more of a sort of guy that you're you're not going to have. He's just sort of another villainous guy that's probably not look necessarily hook up with a stable. But it seems like if it came down to it, he's kind of like in Taz when Taz when 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 ECW was feuding with WWF. Taz wasn't quote a team player, and I think Loki's not a team player. But when it comes down to it, if it comes down to defending the place where you make your living, where you put the food on your table, I think it's that sort of situation. So Loki could actually be a good guy if if they wanted to go that route. I um uh, I, I actually like Loki. Um, th- thing is, so as, as me and you um can both agree, he's not. The most charismatic on the mic. I, I think we can both agree with that. But the thing is, yeah, though, to me, he, he's solid he, enough. He's a great but he's not, he, Yeah, he's he, he. Nobody's gonna mistake him for the Rock. <laughs> but he's he's one of those guys for the gimmick that he does. He's just sort of a workman, tough guy that just you just give him thirty seconds on the mic. He gets his message out. He gives a nice, strong, tough message. He's not going to cut a stand-up comedy style promo. He's not going to be the one. He's not going to do that. But you give him 30 seconds, he'll do fine in that 30 to 60 seconds. So, And that's all you really need from him. Oh, uh, oh okay. Now, myself and everything, the, okay, the one man I've been waiting for, Miss Mortez. That's my dude from way back. And um, Lucha Underground. He 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 was he was one of my he was one of my favorite guys though. And I didn't think I would like um, Luchador um, Luchador's like that and everything. Um, it, it was um, man, you um, when, when it comes to Luchador's, um, I I was more into um, you more athletic Luchador's, not um, not one like Mills Mortez and. And what okay? And what was the other guy that that they used to always um wear the um deer antlers? 
I can't I can't even remember the dude's name to save my life. Are you talking about the dude that like invaded the Capitol, or are you talking about somebody else? <laughs> nah, um, he um, he was on Lucha Underground. Oh, but, uh, 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 are you talking about Queen King Cuerno, or are you talking about somebody else? Yeah, 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 him, King Cuerno. Yeah, I liked him though. Oh yeah, by the way, I believe King Cuerno is the guy that's in uh, NXT now. Uh. Hey, what's, uh, I always have a hard time remembering. Oh, El Heel, Del Fantasma. Although he wrestles. Oh, that's him. Yeah, he wrestles now at the Santos Escobar. I did not. I did not know that until like a couple months ago. But yeah, that's him. That's Santos Escobar in NXT. Nice. But um, um, oh, okay. Now it's just so funny that you you bring up NXT and everything because um, I was surprised that they um. Put the rascals in, um, in the um, NFC tag team Dusty um, Rose um, tournament. I'm not, but I'm. I was actually. Uh, I did not realize that's who. When I saw them file the trademarks to MSK, I didn't realize that's who it was going to be though. So, also the third rascal is currently a free agent. He still could join them, but I was not. I, I only found out this maybe a couple weeks ago too. The the rascals. Sort of being a stable, the, the the guys that showed up in MSK now they've been a tag team for years. The other guy they just sort of he just sort of added in later, so they're probably not as close with him. So if he doesn't join them, I mean they had they had they were cool with him and all, but if he doesn't join them for the long term, that's not really a Come huge on. thing to them. Yeah, they've been together the whole time, so he just sort of was like the third guy added. So. Not that he's, you know, not talented or anything else. It's just, you know, that's sort of the way the, the business is, you know. We've been together this whole time. You were cool with us, but if you leave, if you want to go somewhere else, that's on, that's on you, you know. But, yeah, but like, uh, un- unrelated to what we were talking about now, it just, it just when earlier you said uh, the Von Ayers could be a tag team of the decade, it just made me think of the decade staple in Ring of Honor. So I had to Google them real fast, and I was like, they don't even mention, uh, was it Cedric Alexander part of the stable for a while, or he was quote, a young boy for them for a minute? Yeah. Because they don't even mention that on the Wikipedia page. I'm like, they mentioned Tadarius Thomas, but they don't mention him. <laughs> so, that's weird. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, well. I was like, that, that seems, I should correct this on Wikipedia, but I don't know enough details on top of my head, because I remember watching it, but I don't remember all the details, so I'm not going to mess with it right now. But if you watch Ring of Honor... Please correct that so it's updated properly. You know, you, you should include Cedric Alexander in that. You know, he should be included in a decade because that was that was that's when I mainly remember the storyline. I remember the storyline where Adam Page and him were both the young boys, and eventually Adam Page was promoted to a full time member. Cedric Alexander said, "I'm out." So that was right. That was actually I think not too long before he ended ended up in the cruiserweight tournament for WWE, but uh, or NXT. But anyway. That about covers our wrestling with problems. We got any final thoughts before we go, man? Uh yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, for for me, um, as I always say, I'm all about um, the indies. Um, you, you need to um, support your um, um, indie wrestling and these um, fans and everything. Now, of course, you you have your um, major ones who, who got television deals, but let um, let's also remember. Ones who got um, YouTube deals like uh, like um, NWA 
and um, Guerrilla Pro Wrestling, and there's many, many others that um, also um, overseas. So, for your indie wrestling. Absolutely. Like I say, hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be able to go back to actual shows. It's, obviously, it's been a minute for all of us who have, who have, you know, I'd say most of us, it's been a minute since most of us have been wrestling shows. So us even longer, because I haven't been to a wrestling show even before the pandemic. I don't know if I went to one in all of 2019. So it might be as far as 2017 or 2018, as far as the last time I was actually at a wrestling show. I kind of was a little bit burnt out, at least on the WWE end of it, I was kind of burnt out. But uh, I think once they start having shows back at the full capacity again, I think I'll probably hit up at least a couple shows. I definitely want to hit an AEW show. I will probably go to a WWE show for the first time, probably. I guess at, at that point, it'll probably be the first time in four or five years, probably. And I definitely, like I said, uh, so definitely AEW, if MLW's wrong. And I definitely want to hit some of the major indies in Chicago that I hadn't hit, as well as some of the local indie stuff, like uh, – I never did ended up getting to a backbreaker wrestling show. That that's a no fuss in the end promotion for anybody listening. Uh, it's been a while since I've been an ARW show, which is like another no fuss in the end promotion. Uh, and if we can get Chris promoting again, I actually would go to his promotion as well. Because like I said, uh, I really enjoy you know going to New Wave Wrestling Association. So if Chris, if you're listening, you know, get back in the game, man. Obviously, like I said, be towards later next year or early next year, but definitely want to get back out and start, you know, doing some stuff again. But anyway, you've been listening to the rest of the problems. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back next week. So, you know, tune in or something. Really, it really helps us out when you do. I came looking for booty. I like you, and I want you. Now we can do this the easy way, or we can do it the hard way. The charts are yours. Well, I don't think you and I will be doing anything any kind of way.